Greetings and salutations. Welcome to another exciting episode of Puck Naked, where we get naked and slide our bare asses across the ice and burn ourselves with our terribly hot takes. Jason, how are you this evening? Yeah, that was Um, was quite a a line. I'm good. I can talk. My voice is back. Still a little deeper than normal, but... Getting deep in it, right? We're getting deep in it with that deep, sultry voice. Ladies, that man and that voice are single. So is the man and voice on the other side of the virtual table. Joe, how are you? You know what? I'm uh, I'm doing okay. I I'm doing realized okay. it's 9-10, January 11th. It's on a Thursday. Two single men in their mid-30s are talking hockey to five people. <sighs> Let's go. Yeah. we um, our, our last episode didn't do a ton of hits, but that's okay. We're still going strong. We do this for I, us. We do, we, do we, we do this for us. We don't do it for the people. We don't do it for the women. We don't do it for the money. We do it because I mean, we, we do love it because folks. We do care. We do care about it. Oh, oh we care about it. But we care about All doing a great them. show for us. Yeah. Um, that being said, Kirtland Brand Vodka, if you would like to sponsor us again, yeah, please, by all means, um, I will gladly. I'm not drinking you right now, but I absolutely will drink you every show we do. And we've done pretty well about hitting every week. Uh, we did take a week off for the holiday. But you know what? If you sponsor us, by God, I'll drink during the holidays. Oh, wait, I already do. Anyway, speaking of the holidays, we're getting close. We're, we're at the halfway point of the season, Jason. We're not quite to the All-Star break. Obviously, All-Star break is typically a couple weeks after the mid- midpoint of the season. But... A lot of teams have hit the halfway point exactly. I think it's a great time for us to talk about who we think is going to make the Stanley Cup playoffs and who we think is going to miss out. I think a couple are really obvious on both sides. Uh, a couple things I did want to talk about right before we get in that, though. A team that's not going to make the playoffs. Arguably, they're going to finish potentially dead last. Uh, they're really vying my sharks for that uh, top tank spot. Chicago Blackhawks had some interesting news. Um, we literally got done. We literally talked about the big hit on Connor Bedard after it happened and then found out uh, like the next day that he was injured after you said he wasn't injured. And I said I didn't think he was going to be that bad. Um, he's out six to eight weeks with a broken jaw. Uh, more than likely, it's going to be wired shut. So it's a rough go for the 18-year-old. My God, he's a, the fact he's 16 years younger than us. It's just disgusting. Anyway, um, rough go for Connor, man. He's been a lot of fun to watch this year. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I legitimately, when we were talking about, you know, who's who's winning all the awards, um, it's pretty clear that he's going to be the rookie of the year, right? And I think I specifically said, like, unless something happens that takes him off the ice, I didn't even want to say the injury word. Um, because yeah, that's when the we're last talking about rookie, right? Yeah, rookie of the year. Yeah, yeah. That's the last thing I wanted to have happen was him get hurt. Because I, as much as I hate Chicago, um, the older I get, the more appreciative I get of talent. And it's clear he has it. And it's a bummer. Um mm, it doesn't impact, obviously, where the Blackhawks are, are going to end up at, um, with the only exception being that um, now they're a little bit closer to being that worst team in the league. Um, well, I mean, the Senators right now are giving everyone a run for their money. Um, but the Blackhawks losing Bedard, that puts them in firmly in, in grasp of they could very well have that first pick overall. So it's a, it's a bummer for hockey fans. That's a... Um, I don't mind the Blackhawks being worse than they already are, but 
I would prefer to have Bedard be on the ice and have the Blackhawks be playing better just so I can see him play hockey. Yeah, to your point, man, I, I've, as I've gotten older, I've learned to um, hate the team, not the player, and appreciate yep. good players even when they're on teams that I, I really don't like. Even if I, I don't necessarily like the player personally. like I, 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 can, I respect can respect their, respect game. their game. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, like, it's not I, a shot at Bedard. I, I had no, he's 18. Yeah, right? yeah. You have any so, form an opinion on a kid that young, right? Yeah. Uh, that's just a brand new, uh, especially a kid that seems to be as good-hearted as that guy. It's very right. disappointing. Um, and obviously, yeah, the, the Blackhawks are – um, they're competing there for, uh, you know, the best, the best chance to win the lottery. Um, uh, my sharks are still hold, hold, holding firmly on they that. Are. They have n- uh, nine regulation wins. Um, so I guess, you know, I, there's a couple other pieces of news, right. That came across, um, Corey Perry now, apparently according to, uh, a lot of, you know, insiders is going to be eligible to sign with a team return to the NHL this year. Still almost no details have come out about the incident. that got his contract terminated by ironically, the Chicago Blackhawks making them even worse than he, since he left. Um, you know, obviously I don't really have an opinion of it until we get some details on it. It's very, well, the reason why I bring it up and I think it's interesting is it's such a unique thing in sports, um, to have your contract terminated like that, to have your, uh, and to have your team, your teammates, the fans, and the media have very little concrete information on what happened that led you to have your contract terminated and then yeah. come around and be able to play again the same season. Um, if he is truly eligible and he does sign with someone, he's going to have to address it. It's going to be incredibly interesting. Um, th- I guess when you think about other comparables in the NBA, I, I mean, the Malice in the Palace didn't get – Ron Artest contract term. He didn't get Jermaine O'Neal's contract yeah. terminated. Something, and they were charged for assault. Like, it's yes. crazy. Something very strange or personal or something happened with that that had to have been at, like, a, a high level of an, enough to where the GM would say, thanks, but no thanks. Your contract's gone. Yeah. And for it to not... I'm I'm also saying this with the hopes that what I'm about to say is true. <laughs> Let me put that <laughs> out there. My hope is that at this point in time, if the Black, the Blackhawks team hasn't released any information, Corey Perry's team hasn't released any information, my assumption is it's not entirely like detrimental to his ability to be in the league long term. I um, obviously, if he's going to become eligible to sign again, leads me to believe that we're not talking about um, anything that you could look at and go, oh, my God, Corey Perry's a terrible person or the Blackhawks are terrible for exactly um, not shining light on a bad situation. Like it could just be some real personal, personable thing or some disagreement that got heated to the point where the GM was like, all right, fuck it. You don't want to play for the Blackhawks? See ya. You know, where I think so much of this falls under, and and again, I don't want to speculate on what it could be. What this sounds like to me is a true, um, like, corporate HR scenario that led you to be let go. It doesn't make you a terrible – it might mean you have some things to work on. It doesn't make make you a terrible person. This isn't uh, Ray Rice punching his girlfriend in the elevator. This isn't uh, even the malice in the palace, which, listen, you you fast forward 20 years, and all of a sudden you're like, my God, like, we were throwing food and soda drinks at people, yeah. at human beings, right? There's a very different take on the mouth. I don't want to say different. 
I think things have softened and slightly changed on that. But it's not a case like that. I think it truly, to your point, it does fall in this. Something happened. It probably wasn't a, a great human moment, but it didn't make him a terrible human being. Yeah, and it, it doesn't. Um, it doesn't come to a point where it. Um, at least the Blackhawks feel like they need to go out and say, "Here's what Corey Perry did." Yeah. Um, for lack of a, this is not the right way to say, it, but for lack of a better term, completely destroy his career. Um, over yes. some randomly horrible thing that he did or a consistent pattern of terrible things, right? So yeah. that's my hope. I'm not a huge Corey Perry fan. I don't know him personally. Obviously, he just plays for the Blackhawks. And- he, well, that and he's, 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 the kind, he's the kind of player who, when he's on your team, you appreciate you love him. Yeah, his, yeah. his, his in-your-face, shitty, dirty-in-the-corner bullshit um, that drives me crazy. And to be fair, he was a great player. For like yeah. the first eight, nine decade years of his career. And now he's become that gritty guy that people love to have on a team. He's that veteran presence people like. Um, but obviously, I, I hope it's good. It's just such a great it's going to be an interesting scenario to look at. There's one other factor. And I want to say it was Elliot Friedman on his 32 Thoughts podcast that said this, like when it first happened. There is an element that we don't know of what level of. Well, it's the Blackhawks, so they had to do this because the Blackhawks have a terrible image right oh, that's now. That's a good point. If, too. if yeah. it had been, if it had been the, uh, let's say the San Jose Sharks. If it, if it had been the San Jose Sharks, which is a fairly upstanding organization, they they don't tolerate a ton of stuff. Um, would they have been? Corey Perry's taking time away from the team. He's got you know blah blah. blah put out a joint statement and welcome yeah. him back after they deal with it internally. The Blackhawks do not get any slack right now, nor do I think they should get any slack right now. And I think if it had leaked or it had come out that that if it, it, it would if it had come out that they were working with him, a lot of people would have viewed it as the team covering for someone who did something bad. And I sure. think they yeah, good, bad, or indifferent. Well, you're 100 exactly. Correct. He might have yeah. just had to been a sacrificial lamb, which, but, which um, also makes me feel um, before we move on a little bit more confident that it's not something major because you would have to think that the Blackhawks would learn from their previous mistakes. It wouldn't it, cover something up, right? They would have been, they would have, I truly believe that if it had been something that they didn't feel, uh, if they felt it would have jeopardized themselves, they would have absolutely put Even out more. any information yeah. they could just to make sure that, hey, we, we got rid of this guy. We we washed our hands. We wiped our hands clean of him. Almost, here. Almost Look how good we are, right? PR grace. Yep. Ex- exactly. And I think, I don't want to give them credit to know everything, but I will give them a little bit of credit so far is that. They handled that the best way they could for everyone involved. They yep. nipped the rumors about Connor Bedard in the bud. They addressed the scenario and they moved on. And Which I'm glad. I'm know, glad they did that publicly too. The Connor Bedard. Oh, like, uh, like it, the fact it, that the team even had to come out and say that is ridiculous. Just shows the it, bad part of social media. Which there's more bad than good. A hundred percent. But I will. You know, I will say the Blackhawks did the right thing there by coming out and basically saying like, "Can we not do this to an 18 year old kid?" A hundred percent. The fact that the fact that he had to address it, the team had to, and even Corey Perry, like, it is just, you know, we all like to have fun on social media. We all make jokes. The fact that that got all the way to where it that did, tra- the fact insane. that it got legs is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah it, it's, it's insane. Um, so, uh, speaking of legs, though, there was some moving, uh, big, big time moving going around. You don't often see this in hockey. I don't often see it in sports all the time, anyway. But hockey, basically, a one for one trade. Um, Philly sends one of their top prospects, a uh, really good goal scorer, um, uh, Carter Gauthier, to uh, Anaheim in exchange for Jamie Drysdale and I believe a second-round pick. Jamie Drysdale, Jason, I have a question for you. How many NHL games do you think Jamie Drysdale has played? Oh. 
You know, I don't know. I know I've heard his, his I know the name. I know the name, but how many how many games has Jamie Drysdale played? Is it let me let me maybe ask you this. How many seasons do you think Jamie Drysdale's been in the NHL? He's a top top player in the uh, I should say he's a top prospect in the league, right? Prospect, um, for yeah. a while. Yeah. Um he's played 124 games, but okay. since 2021. Yeah, okay. I was gonna say Which is but... insane, by the way. Yeah. He's 21 years old. He's played 124 games. But he's had one season uh, that is yeah. even close to a full season. So uh, in a way, the Flyers are buying a little bit low on Jamie Drysdale. They're selling, I don't want to say mid, but they're selling reasonably well on Cutter. Um, and the Ducks get another great center potential winger. He's probably going to be a center for them. Um, just really uh, that Anaheim top six top nine could be really really good uh in two years um but you know uh it's gonna be interesting to see i've had a soft spot for jamie drysdale i thought he was a great uh young player he had a great start to his career and in the past two and a half se- uh, the past two seasons have been injury riddled and very very messy so uh i it's i love these one-for-one trades though man it's that's old school right old school sports one i'm trading you this guy for that guy let the best man win uh, those trades are super fun to watch it's why i find this one so interesting because jamie Drassel could go on and be super healthy and have a long career for philly Cutter could become nothing he could become a uh, a top 25 goal scorer in the league we don't know yeah. They're still both pretty young, but I love I, these are the kind of trades that I'm going to remember these two names. and I'm going to go back and I'm going to check on it because I love to see. And at the end of the day, maybe maybe both teams win. Um, I don't think that's the case. I actually think Anaheim is going to win this trade. You but think Anaheim is going to win the trade? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I guess. To count I guess. 21 year old. But man, he's played like 11. Uh, he's played 19 games in two years. That's yeah. rough. Yeah, I I think Cutter uh has to like i think he has to have a fantastic year with um well a car- not year but a fantastic early career with with anaheim just he's, here's some here's some crazy stats right just for yeah. him at boston college last year 32 games 37 points over yeah. a point a game player us yep. development league 65 points in 54 games. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he won gold uh, just in the World Ju- uh, Junior Classics. Uh, 12 points in seven games, right? Now, uh, 10 of those were assists. He's primarily a goal scorer. So the fact that 10 of those came from assists, I think it tells you how deep that team was. It was a really good team. They obviously won gold. Um, I mean, he's averaged a point a game. He's a point a game player on the international level. He's a point a game in the developmental and college level. Um, and primarily a goal scorer. Um, I, I think... It's going to be interesting to see what Anaheim does with him. I think that that has a lot of um, a lot of potential on it. And he was a fifth overall pick in 2022. I want to say I think he's a fifth overall pick. So you're going to top five. Top five yeah. pick is nothing to sneeze at. Um, that being said, I want to say what was Drysdale? Uh, I can't remember what pick he was. He was not. He was a sixth overall pick that yeah. in 20 in 2020. Right. So again. Yeah. Only a couple years older, but just the fact that he was drafted at 18 and went to the league uh, when he was 18 going on 19, eh, crazy stuff. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it's 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 just such a you don't see this a lot. Right. And I'm sure it happens more than we know, but I'm sure it doesn't become as public 
um, as as this, and I'm talking across all major sports leagues, but especially for hockey, when you have guys who are so about the game and so about saying and doing the right things more often than not, right? It's just so unique to have a guy who gets drafted, says he wants to be a flyer, and then in a couple months is like, I don't want to be here, right? And it goes on for about a year until they can find a suitor. Um, yeah, it's just, it's really strange. I think, I think Cutter set himself up to where he, he's got to be, he's got to, he's got to be in a position where he continues to make strides and make himself valuable because you have to wonder the, the old guard of GMs and everything in the league, how are they going to view that if this guy comes out and he's, you know, a, a bottom line forward, right? Are they going to be as willing to take chances on him or sign him? I'm sure people, he, if he performs at least to a decent level, he'll have his opportunities, right? Yeah. But he essentially is shooting his next deal completely in the foot right now before he steps on the ice for an NHL team because he hasn't played this year for the Flyers yet, has he? Or has, has uh, no, he, he is? He has had no contact with them. So, no um, contact with basically, them. basically, what Cutter d- did is, and there's a lot of rumors going around. A lot of the scuttlebutt. The the general gist is that um, uh, the Flyers went to go talk to him at World Juniors. Um, he didn't want to talk to them. Previously, the understanding was uh, he he played in development league he played international play he played college and he wanted yeah. some time away he wanted to he wanted a break from playing hockey nonstop. so he said he wasn't going to attend the flyers development camp uh before the season and then supposedly prior to that he wanted to go pro and the flyers said they weren't going to get offer him a uh, pro contract or, or or sign him anything because they didn't want to waste the cap room and yeah. essentially yeah. what they were trying to do is control his rights a little bit longer, I believe, is what they were, the, the end, ultimate goal there was. And supposedly one of the rumors is that that made him uh, very upset and hesitant to sign with the Flyers, and he no longer wants to be a part of that organization. Um, I'm not going to address the – there's Kevin Hayes stuff. There's Tortorella stuff. Yeah, I think yeah, all yeah, that's hogwash um, yeah. by a you know Philly podcaster. Oh, who would have thought a Philly podcasters were, uh, you know, throwing out gibberish. So it's going to be interesting there. Uh, One thing uh, before we get to standings, what do you feel about just a general overall players trying to control their own destiny? I, I typically am a player empowerment over, you know, a corporate organizational empowerment. Um, That being said, I don't think you can, I don't think you're ever going to be able to tear away the draft and and let kids just sign wherever they want. But I don't hate this. Um, the only thing I guess I would say is if you don't want to play for them, just communicate it out. And again, you don't know what happened behind the scenes. Some of the rumors are he just went zero dark 30 on him. And then through his agent said, you can trade us or you can let us walk. That's it. I would appreciate it. Maybe a little more dialogue there. Um, but again, I don't know what Philly did to them. So yeah, it's what do you such think? A hard, I keep going back and forth on this and you, you look at all the football stories from the past where guys get drafted and they don't want to play. And, um, You've got uh, uh, what's his name coming out of USC? Who? Um, oh, Caleb. Uh, Caleb. Uh, Caleb Williams or yeah. Caleb Young or whatever the hell his name is. Um, I should know that because I'm the on the NCAA college football guy on our podcast. It's Caleb, Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams. Um, yep. You know, he, it's like the rumors about him wanting a stake in the team. He doesn't want to go to certain places. You look back to Eli Manning. Now Eli Manning backed it up and ended up becoming. Um, which is hilarious to say, a Hall of Famer after (laughs) 
being drafted by the Chargers and then immediately traded because he didn't want to play for the Chargers. Or a literal example with Philadelphia, Eric Lindros. Yeah. Going to be drafted to Quebec. Said, I will not play for you. I do not want to play yeah. for you. They then orchestrated a, two different trades, one with the uh, the Rangers and one with the Flyers. Along, that's a lot. It's a great actual story. Look it up. Uh, he ended up going to the Flyers mainstay with them. Right. Number one, pro- yeah. he was like the Connor McDavid coming out like he's going to be the next Gretzky, the next Mario. Right. Yeah. Um, so Philly literally had this happen where they benefited from it. Benefited, um, yeah. You know, I it- tend to. I, I, I do. That's such a tough thing to say. Right. Because I do understand the player's position and it's like it is the only. Maybe not the only because it's one of the few, pro- the, few professions, if, right, where you yeah. work to hone your craft. You become the best of the best at what you do. And then someone else says, hey, this is where you're going to go. This is who you're going to play for. This is going to who's going to be your boss. And then, by the way, we control your rights for however yeah. long we, I was going to say wanna, the, you want to get paid the only other us. the only other thing that I could think of this like that's the fucking military. Right. Like in a way, in a way, like you get to pick your branch, but you don't get to pick where you want to go until you're later in your career. And <laughs> well, that's kind of what sports is. Right. Yeah. Like you don't get to pick where you want to play until you're later in your career and you're a free agent. You've got all these teams coming to offer you. So it is unique. It, I, to your point, I think it's never going to go away, right? I, like I'm very much I don't I don't dislike the draft. I think the draft helps it helps build parity, yeah. right? What what I at the end of the day, when I the way I look at it, right, is uh, I understand that not everyone loves. Hey, you get drafted into a deal, and you're kind of forced to play with that organization that drafts you, which means. Sorry, sometimes you get drafted by the lowly Columbus Blue Jackets who have never yeah. had a lot of luck or the Cleveland Browns, right? Sometimes you get drafted by perennial winning organizations like the Steelers or the Patriots or the Pittsburgh Penguins, right? Uh, sometimes they get those picks, they draft you, and then they trade you away because they value immediate help over your development. Um, yeah. There's pros and cons to it all. I also look at, say, the Part of the big difference here is I don't get drafted as a business analyst and say, hey, we're going to you're going to work for us for seven years. but I'm going right. to pay you hundreds of thousands of dollars for it. I'm going to provide you the best services, the best health, all that. You don't always get that with a regular job. I, there's pros and cons to it all. Yeah, I am much more of a let's keep the draft. Maybe look at how we limit entry level contracts to make sure that players get p- player empowerment a little bit earlier. And then focus on how we can make their free agency better, right? I don't have to. That's that's, that's what I'm I'm more interested in and what I think is the better compromise. Right. That's the unique thing about the NHL and um, and the MLB, right? I mean, you can get drafted to a team and then choose to continue to play with your university or your junior league or your uh, even the NBA to a lesser extent, right? Um, Outside of the college aspect, you don't have guys that get drafted into college and stay in college while they're drafted by an NBA team. But you've got guys who get drafted with the um, overseas exemptions, right, where they can get drafted and they can continue to develop in their um, national leagues and or international leagues overseas and then have an opportunity to come over. Um, so it is unique, right? Um, but I guess with that uniqueness, you, you have to, to your point, maybe find a way to give a little bit more of a player empowerment. Um, but also that player also has to understand like these GMs and these coaches, and this is kind of where I go back to with it. Even though I, I'm also a huge proponent of player um, player rights and players being able to control their own destiny. 
I think you have to keep in mind at the end of the day that these GMs and these coaches keep their jobs by doing one thing, and that's winning and or turning a team that's losing around to end up being a winning organization. So you can't just draft Connor Gauthier and he says, I want to be on the ice, and you go, yeah, absolutely, if you as an organization don't think he's ready and he still needs time to develop. There's two things there. One, protecting your own job as a coach and or a GM. The second thing is you could potentially be protecting that player from putting him on the ice too early and becoming a bust and then spending the rest of his career in the AHL and other developmental leagues trying to get himself another NHL contract when he maybe, with a little bit more development, could have not had a bad rep on his name from not being um, impactful on the ice. So, yeah, yeah it's just such a... Um, I guess we're lucky this doesn't happen all the time. Right? Like, it, it, we're lucky it doesn't happen all the time. And I also, it, at the same time when it does, super interesting, super fun to watch. I love the one-for-one trades. Um, yeah. They're, man, they're, oh, that's old school hockey trades. You don't see that very often. Players for players equaling yeah. out. Uh, usually it's a player and a couple picks for a lot of a lot of picks, a lot of de- right, develop. You're trading development picks for players and vice versa. Um, this is a player for player not quite a one for one because uh, Cutter is not in the NHL yet, but he very well could be later this year or immediately next year. So going to yeah. be interesting and to see. The one, the one other uh, quick thing on that is Jamie Drysdale now has a chance to become a Philadelphia hero if he pans out. Hey, boy! Right? Yeah, like you, if if he ends up becoming, fuck it, a third line guy. <laughs> Oh, right? no, 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 no. He's going to I, I, I don't listen. Philly loves their uh, gritty grinder. Yeah. guys. They, but and I you got you have to be relative. The reason you why have to be because they're going to be so pissed that they gave oh, up yeah. anything right. worthwhile if he's just a, a third be, liner. He and he's not a grinder a th- either. So no, if he becomes a third liner, that city is going to be like, get this kid the fuck off his skates. Right. It, they're. But, that yeah. guy becomes a mainstay on the first line or high value second line guy who comes in and to your point, he's not a gritty guy. So, you know, he's going to have to put points up and move the puck. Well, but that if Jamie Drysdale has and finds some success in Philadelphia, he could become a Philadelphia hero. So cool. <laughs> hopefully, he, Hey, and here's the thing. Connor Gauthier has an opportunity in Anaheim too. So to your point, it's going to be interesting to see who wins. I honestly think there's a really legitimate chance no one wins in this. So if you're no one loses, you, no one loses. Know, but I don't think there's. Hey, a, I I right where I stand right now, I don't know if there's a winner. I think it's just a it's a one for one trade, and we see how it works out. I you know what you're absolutely right. You're when you're talking developmental players and picks, you're more than likely betting on a, a losing horse, right? Um, it's just yeah. typically the way it pans out. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of losing and losing horses, let's talk about who is not going to win the Stanley Cup this year and who's going to have a chance to hoist the holiest of holies, not the Stanley Cup that everyone's fighting over at Target, uh, Starbucks, the pink monstrosities with the handles. We're talking about the best trophy in all of sports. Even Kyle and Grayson would admit that, even though they don't even believe hockey is real. Um, Let's talk about the Western Conference. Let's go ahead and start over there. Let's go. We'll we'll kind of follow our uh, cutter to Anaheim and let's start off the Western Conference. So. Right now, the Central sits at the Winnipeg Jets, 
then the Colorado Avalanche and the Dallas Stars, the Pacific, the Vancouver Canucks, the Vegas Golden Knights, and the LA Kings. Uh, what is if you if you told me the Winnipeg Jets would be sitting in first yeah. place in the entire league at yeah. that point, I would have laughed at you. Uh, I, right. I I thought they were a bubble playoff team, or may, uh, maybe a third or a wild card. They've been playing lights out. Their young guys are performing. Cal, uh, Connor Hellebuck, after a rough five or six game start to the season where he was below 900 save percentage is the best goalie in hockey. And it is not even close. And I love, I love Connor Hellebuck. Most of all, when people see his name, they're like, Oh, gotta be like a crazy Norwegian, right? No, uh, he's from Michigan. Yeah. Yep. I, I love that name. It's great. Uh, so right now, those are your central and Pacific wild card. The national predators sitting at 45 points. The Edmonton Oilers, like we said last week, there's no way people are keeping out of the playoffs. Connor McDavid's going to find a way. Yep. Just like Jurassic Park. They're sitting with 43 points. And they have a games in hands on a couple of people ahead of them. Uh, they're sitting in the second wild quite card. A, quite a few games in hand, actually. Now yep. that I'm looking at it again. Wow. Yeah. Uh, the, the Predators in the first have four have played four more games than them, and they only have two more points, right? Uh, so yep. um, uh, crazy stuff there. What? Let me ask you this. Who is in in the Western Conference? And then tell me who the wild cards are. We don't need to necessarily okay. pick the order of the divisions, but tell me who's in and then who you think the wild cards are in. Well, I can tell you who's not in. Uh, the Sharks are trying to catch the Pistons for the longest losing streak in the in, uh, Oh, they're going to fucking hit it, too. They, 12, 12 in a row is is it is 12 in a row. Eight. And dude, they're not even I watched yeah. the entire game they played against the Maple Leafs. The fact they only lost seven to one is a <laughs> nine, nine wins this late this season is is an accomplishment. Jason, um, they haven't even hit 100 goals for yeah. and no. they've played 41 yeah, fucking game and yeah, 90 goal <laughs> differential. Oh, my it's goodness. Bad. Yeah. So we know right. the Sharks Sorry. are not making it. Yeah. Let's do this. The Sharks, the Blackhawks, the yep. Ducks and the, and the all Wild. Out. Well, five the Wild out. are five points out. So They're five points out. But yeah. OK. Yeah. Yeah. OK. Now we, yeah. we can. All right, we got our three that are not. Yeah, we, we're, we know that making it. Yeah. So. All right, so yeah, I'm assuming you're saying the Wild are done. They're cooked. I think the Wild are not going to make it based on. I, I fully agree with you. The way that some of the teams ahead of them are playing. Kirill Kaprizov's I, hurt. Jared Spurgeon's hurt. Their goaltending has been uh, saying below average is nice. Uh, yeah. the Brock uh, Brock Faber's been a great story, but like uh, Marco Rossi's been decent. Uh, but Matt Boldy's been not great after a good year last year. Like the young guys who didn't take a step didn't take a step. Their good guys are hurt or took a step back, and their goaltending is garbage. I, I yeah, don't see this them is truly Flurry's last year. I think. I, Based on I, I the way he's getting, I think they should trade Flurry. He's gonna. He is going to get them something just because of his name value yeah, his and name, his veteran yeah. presence. Yep. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say the Wilder out. Okay. Uh, next, we have um, as we move up the standings, the Calgary Flames. Oh, boy! By the way, I'm going to go ahead and uh, we're as we go through these, just say the time. I- I'm also saying the Wild are out. They're garbage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. I figured it. I figured it. Um, I, I think the Flames are out. I, I don't think the Flames are going to make it. Um, so they need they need to have uh, they play well in the last 10. Um, it looks like they're a little bit more cohesive, um, but 
yeah, I just can't. The, I can't see him. I can't see him getting the, above some of the teams I'm going to put in there. They're the epitome of the te- of a team in the murky middle, which is the worst place to be in the NBA or the NHL. Right? Um, you don't yeah. get a high enough draft pick. You then also don't make the playoffs, or if you do, you're a you know four and out. Um, Jacob, the only reason why they're competitive right now, Jacob Markson's found his game a little bit. Some of the guys are starting to click a little bit more. They're just, they have enough talent, but not enough to put them over the edge. They're what the Minnesota Wild typically are, like in the murky middle. Oh, inconveniently, they're both Minnesota Wild are right next to them. Um, yeah, no, they're, this is a hard no for me. If they come, what I'm worried about with the Calgary Flames, they're going to be just close enough that their GM, it, uh, their rookie GM might not make a move. That yeah. being said, they just lost Johnny Gaudreau and Matthew Kachuk the past two years for literally nothing. Oh, I, I, let me phrase it. They lost Johnny Gaudreau for literally nothing, and they traded Matthew, Matthew Kachuk from position of weakness because he, they, everyone knew he wanted out. Yeah, and they this did is get a team it, that they could yeah. have gotten from him had it been yep. other circumstances. So if they're sitting two points out of the trade deadline, I think you get rid of every unrestricted free agent you can, get some draft capital back, or get some young developmental pieces. Or if you feel you just need a retool, get a get a couple of younger guys. Get that go get that dreamy Drysdale, right? That kind of guy yeah. who you yeah. can hopefully yeah. retool for relatively cheap and unload or unload some bad contracts. Uh maybe take on a bad contract if you feel you're gonna do a rebuild. But yeah, I'm out in the flames too. Um I you mind if I let me take the blues real quick. Yeah, go ahead. The Blues are sitting at 41 points. They've played less games than the Flames, uh, and they have two more wins. But but for the sake of the loser point with the overtimes, uh, the Flames sit tied with them. The Blues are in an interesting position because they've got some trade assets. I think Jordan Bennington is a potential trade asset if a team really said, I have to get a goaltender. He is, but he's been above average this year. Um, I look at that team and I say, I don't know what the fuck you're doing. Where are you going? Where are you going this year? Where are you going next year? Where are you going the next two years? Uh, I think it is in the best interest of that team to figure that out before the trade deadline and make some deals. I understand that they're right in the border of a wild card, but unless two of the teams above them tank, which the four teams above them in the standings, I'm taking over them any day of the week. I this agree. is a 100% team. If they finish in the second wild card, wouldn't surprise me. I think what's best for the organization is that they don't miss all some pieces. I am out on the Blues. I am as well. Uh, this goes back to even me high as hell on all the over-the-counter medications I was taking last week to be able to talk. I do remember um, being on the side of selling, getting rid of Jordan Bennington, getting some draft capital. You've got guys on the team that, you know, maybe in another year, um, Cairo, Shen. Oh, breaking news, breaking news, breaking news. Jason, the San Jose Sharks broke their 12-game losing streak. They did get the victory. It's the Montreal Canadiens three to two. Let hey. me refresh these uh, standings real quick and see if oh, we have an update. Look we do at that. We wow. are on a one-game winning streak, young man. Mm, Ten wins. Ten Let's win, go. Baby. By the way, that goal differential not negative eighty-nine. Let's oh, fucking go. Let's go. Um. So anyway, uh, yeah, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, good, good job, good job, San Jose. No, but again, Kairu uh, Shen. Um, Jakub Rana um, has an opportunity to continue to be good. Brandon Saad, Kasperi Kapanen. They've got good pieces. I th- And even though Bennington is... Oh, Kasperi is- Kapanen's not a good piece. I'm going to disagree with you on that. Okay. Well, but, but, they've got, <laughs> but they've got but they've got good pieces, I think, right? And, and I know Jay- Jordan Bennington is playing well, but you can get good capital from him. They aren't... They are, they are different than the Flames for me in the fact that I think that their roster is told better. But they definitely need to get some draft capital to be able to improve next year. 
um, I am out on the St. Louis Blues as well. Yeah, I think their forwards are tooled younger. I don't. I, better is a subjective word. I think they're in a younger, position. Okay, they're, 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 I think they're in a better position to retool than the Flames that's are. That's what I meant, I guess. Yeah, so, yeah. I, I guess I meant by by age. They've got younger players who have, I think, higher ceilings at this point. Whether they achieve them or not, kind of looks like they're not going to. But get rid of Bennington, get some pieces, and have another crack at it next year. Right. Yep. Or, or at least be competitive, right? It or be competitive yeah, to figure to, out what you're going to do. Yeah. Um, the next team is interesting. Speaking of competitive, yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, this team has been surprised more. I say I expected them to be better. I expected them to be fun to watch and competitive. The Arizona Coyotes have a lot, a lot of young talent coming up the ranks. Logan Cooley, uh, Matthias McCauley, uh, uh, they traded for Sean Jersey in the offseason, who's been very good on their blue line. Um, They've been a lot of fun. They're sitting at they're sitting uh, right now, thirty nine games played with forty two points, positive record halfway through the season. Good for them. Um, but they are three points behind the Seattle Kraken, Nashville Predators, and Edmonton, who all tied with forty five points. They're technically second out of a wild card. Um, I'll tell you what I like this team. I think they're fun. If you tell me they sneak into a wild card, I'm not going to be surprised. Yeah, I look at what who's ahead of them in the standings and I say, do I think they're going to beat Edmonton? The answer is no. Do I think they could beat Nashville? Yes. Yeah. For two reasons. Nashville is riding the hot hand of UC Soros. And Philip Forsberg's having a great year. They've been quietly winning games with. I don't want to say rel- relatively low scoring, low low goal difference, right? Been playing pretty well in solid hockey, but if UC Soros has a bad day, they lose a game. Yep. Could Arizona sneak up? Yeah. The problem with Arizona is they're young, and I don't know if they can finish it out. Uh, I love what they're doing there. I think next year they could be, yeah, a lot of fun. But I'm I'm gonna if I was a betting man and you told me I had to bet, I'm gonna bet no. I, uh, I'm going to go with you as well. Um, I am a big fan of their roster. Uh, big fan of Clayton Keller as well. Great fantasy pickup. He's been doing well for me. Isn't super consistent, but when he plays well, he plays well. Gets good points. So thank you, Clayton the, Keller. Also, but sh- I, oh, Connor Ingram, their goaltender, he is, yeah, he's been fantastic. He's doing, yeah, uh, Connor Ingram's the reason why I didn't get Vimelka because I, uh, I was, I was hurting for goalies and, um, Connor Ingram's put himself severe, like very much at um, number one goaltender there. So he, I, he, he I, very much is. I agree. I like this team. They're fun. Um, but when you look at the teams above them, uh, I've got I've got some picks here. I think I want to I want to uh, ask you a question after this, but I'm going to I'm going to put the Coyotes uh, out as well. So, Joe, what I'm proposing for you here is. in in the interest of saving time here. Top three in the Central and the top three in the Pacific. Do you think that those are guaranteed playoff spots for the West? So, Central. Winnipeg, yes. Colorado, yes. Dallas, yes. I am going to go far enough to say I actually think that order is going to stay. I know everyone. Colorado can roll. Absolutely. Okay. Connor Hellebuck is unreal right now. Yeah. Um. I obviously goaltending can fade. He started the season rough. I, they have been awesome. And I'm going to say the goal differential between the goals against for Winnipeg and Colorado 
is 36. They, yeah. Colorado's given up 36 more goals. That's yep. crazy. And the Winnipeg Jets have a higher goal for versus goal against goal differential. They're not, they're significantly closer in goals forward than they are against again for Colorado. Um, but Colorado has more talent, right? Absolutely. I'm going to say it's going to be Winnipeg, Colorado, Dallas. I'm going to lock those three in. I'll even go as far to say the order. With the Pacific, I'm much more reluctant to say that. Vancouver started off incredibly hot. They've been playing really well. They had a little bit of a lull around the holidays. No, quite as hot. They picked it up the past 10 or so, 10, 12. Played pretty well. And the Vegas has been the opposite. They've been a little bit of a disappointment. They've, they've um, grinded. They've grinded they, out their victories. They have. They're winning, though, and that's a team that just won the Stanley Cup, and they don't look like they have a cup hangover. Um, nope. The third one I want to talk about here is the Kings. So I, Vancouver and Vegas, I'm blocking. They're going to be division winners, or they're going to be locked in, uh, in one-two combo. I actually think Vegas might end up flipping Vancouver. Um, I was like, if you had to tell me to pick one, I might trust it more for them to do it. But um, the third one's the Kings. Kings have been a great story. Cam Talbot has been awesome. Another team that has less than 100 goals against. Um, literally, their goals against is more than the Sharks' goals for, um, but only by 10, which is insane. Um, yeah. They've been a lot of fun. They've been really, really good. Cam Talbot's been a great, great story for them. They're still not as consistent as you'd like to see. I think they're absolutely a playoff team, but I'm going to say the Edmonton Oilers are going to surpass them. They're only okay. the Oilers are two points out away from that third divisional spot behind the Kings and the Kings have only played one less game. If you told me yeah, that that the Kings finish above Edmonton by the end of the year, I'm going to laugh. No, Edmonton no, is totally in the agree. Pacific. Yep, I totally agree. Um, I'm going to go uh, Winnipeg, Colorado, and Dallas. Not necessarily in that order. I do understand the goal differential. I just, um, Colorado's playing hot, and I think after the All-Star break, they might turn it up a little bit. That's so fair. I That's think fair. it might be Colorado, Winnipeg, Dallas, but those three teams, I agree with you 100% in the order of Vegas, Vancouver, and Edmonton in the Pacific. That's who I'm locking in. Yep. Okay. Hundred percent. I'm a hundred percent with you in the Pacific. You look at how the Edmonton Oilers are playing. Yes, the last ten isn't always the best like barometer because you can hit you can hit a hit a hit a lull, but you're McJesus is gonna find a way, and they will not be a they will not be a wild card team. I agree. I think they take the third spot in the Pacific. So we're gonna get to the wild cards uh, for the Pacific. Yeah, here we go. This is the bubbles. This is where I'm wondering if we're on the same. The top wild card is going to go to the Kings. I don't think the Kings fall off. I just think think Edmonton surpasses them, right? So that second wild card is going to be interesting. Now, we talked a little bit about Nashville. There are three teams, I think, that are truly competing for it. I think it's Nashville, Seattle, and Arizona. We both said Arizona's out, but again, if they make it, I wouldn't be surprised. Agreed. I'm going to go with a slightly hot take. Joey Decord, the story of the winter classic has yep. been on fire do i think he stays as hot i don't know. i think it's literally no. impossible for him <laughs> no. um, right so the big question there is can the rest of seattle pick themselves up enough to help elevate this poor kid um man this is where i'm torn because i really want to pick seattle uh, to make that wild card. And I'm not a believer in Nashville. I'm just not. But Philip Forsberg, Ryan Riley have been very, very good this year. Ryan Riley has been a, a very good pickup for them. Um, and they have Roman Yossi. Roman Yossi is still a top defender in the league. Yep. Great, great player. And uh, UC Soros right now. 
he said in a slightly uh, above three goals against uh, per game. But I mean, he's he's a very he's a solid goaltender. He's consistent. I trust him over Joey Decord. But I'm going to say that Seattle's going to take Let's this like a wild it. card. Let's do it. We are going Let's to agree fucking... again. We're going to agree again. I think the Predators, while they are playing well, are in the decline as far as what that team's going to look like over the next couple of years. I think Seattle has good pieces. They're playing really well right now. Yeah, okay, maybe they have a huge drop-off in the second half of the year. Um, but I, I agree with you. I like the way Seattle's playing right now, and I'm just I'm, I'm not a believer in Nashville either. So I think the Seattle crack can make it as well. So, Joe, with the exception of me saying Colorado's going to be first in the Central, I th- we're 100% locked in, man. We're uh, all on the same page. All right. So uh, you have Avs, Jetstars, Canucks, Knights, Oilers, and then Kings of Kraken. And you just flip the Jets and Avs. I'm going to I'm going to roll with my boys in Winnipeg uh, as one in that uh, the East real quick. We'll kind of pound this down a little <laughs> bit faster. Uh, we know uh, Senators are out. Blue Jackets are out. I hate to say it. Buffalo. Yeah, I really wish out. it was this, but Buffalo's out. Buffalo's the Canadians out. are out, right? Yes, they are. Um, uh, unless. Yeah, they've been making credible runs and none of those teams are making so uh let's really quickly take a look the atlantic right now you're sitting with boston at the top florida toronto and then the metropolitan is the rangers the hurricanes the islanders and your wild cards right now are the flyers and red wings for the atlantic i'm just gonna go ahead and kick this one off i absolutely think that this it's gonna be boston i think it's gonna be the Panthers and the Maple Leafs. I don't think that changes. I don't think what it I'm really either. torn on here right now. The Panthers are playing really well. That team in front of Bobrovsky is playing really well. Bobrovsky is having a, 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 a decent season. Um, they've won eight in a row or something like that. Yeah, they won eight in a row. Yeah, and what right makes this it. one what makes this one even tougher <laughs> is you look at forty games played for each. Goal differentials plus one in favor of Florida. And the Bruins have six more overtime losses. <laughs> exactly, right? Oh, so there's their two-point difference right there. So uh, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I think it's Florida, Boston, Toronto. I really oh. think Florida. I think Florida has what it takes. The way that that team's playing, Bobrovsky's having a good year. Yes, overtime losses count for something that's clear. When you look at the Bruins, they got 20, they're 24, 8, and 8. The Panthers are 26, 12, and 2. That being said, they have a plus one goal differential over the Boston Bruins. And if just a couple of those games went to overtime, they'd already be tied and to win first. I think they have what it takes to get first. But those three teams for sure are going to be in the Atlantic. Give me Boston, Toronto. Yep. Oh, you think Toronto's the best? That's not so, a bad. That's not a bad. Um, that's not a bad pick either. So here's what I'm betting on. Number one, and this is honestly, I don't truly believe this because Toronto's goalie is fucking. Toronto's goalie is goaltending is garbage. Hey, hey, hot garbage. Hey, do not give you, me Martin Jones bullshit. You back off, Martin Jones. Martin Jones sucks. Okay, Martin Jones is washed. Do you, I, this is what, what's crazy. There's a crazy stat. The first 10 games he plays with every new team, he's like 
he averages being like seven and three. It's something stupid. He's not a Hall of Famer. Go go fuck yourself. He's not even close. No, in the first 10 games with his Oh, in the first 10 games. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. That's a shame that he's getting close to playing already 10 games sleeves. Here's what I'm banking on. All right. And again, I'm not, this is more like wishful thinking. I'm kind of out there. I think the Leafs are going to make a move. I think if they don't make a move to goaltending, it's insane. I'm going to bet they make a move to goaltender. Okay. Uh, and I also look at that. So you want to talk about points. They have the same amount of overtime losses, but they have two other regulation losses. They have 15 more goals than the Florida Panthers as a team. They have got seven, eight more than the Boston, but they have 15 and 20, or uh, they have got what? 25 and 17 more than Boston, right? Yep. In terms of goals against. They sure up that goaltending, they're first in the division. Yep. Um, that being said, I don't know if I believe it. I don't really think it's going to happen, but I'm going to go for it. I'm betting it. Okay. I'm slamming okay. it. It's, it right? um, the Metropolitan. I got the Rangers, the Hurricanes, and the Islanders. Uh, well, I'm going to tell you right now, I believe that, that those three are going to stay. I believe that's going to be the order. And again, it comes down to goaltending, unless the Hurricanes find a goaltender that can stay healthy and consistent. Yeah. They're a really good team that lets in a little bit too much. And if I guess to compare 125 goals against 125 goals against for Toronto, the exact same amount. Right. And ironically, the exact same amount of goals for they just happen to play in a different division and they're second. So, again, I'm looking at saying if you show up goaltending, both those teams are hot. Um, I'm going to keep that. The Islanders are an interesting case. The Islanders are amazing front team also they're the lowest point total out of any player out of any team sitting in a divisional spot uh other than the kings right i don't necessarily know if they're the third best team in that division but i don't know if they're i don't know how they lose that spot right they just Uh, well that's so that's my point too it's the points in hand and i can't see them potentially i can't see them losing that spot when you look at um I mean, I bet you, I bet Tampa Bay wishes they were in the Metro. Uh, because <laughs> they they could easily get themselves locked in to the Metro in the third spot. Um, but they're not. Uh, so I agree with you. And I think it's that order, too. I think it's New York, Carolina, and New York. Well, Rangers, Hurricanes, Islanders. Now comes the fun part. This okay. insane Here, fucking wild card. Race. So we're, are we locking in Tampa Bay? I want to ask you that question mm. first. Nope. Okay. I'm so not, we're on the same uh, page. So uh, let's it, let's go for it. All right. So Tampa Bay, I'm not locking in. Right, for the record, right now, the, the wild cards are the Philadelphia Flyers with 48 points. Which kudos to John Tortorella. I'm not a giant Tortorella fan, but I respect him. Yeah. Kudos to Tortorella for doing what he always does: finding a way for teams to gut out two-one wins, uh, playing gritty hockey, and just like winning the. I will challenge anyone. If you've ever watched John Tortorella coach a team, are their teams fun to watch? And the answer is no. It's good to watch them win, but not yeah, very yeah, fun yeah. to watch. Um, the Flyers sitting with 48 points. The Red Wings sitting with 45. Uh, I don't believe in either of these teams as true playoff contenders. That being said, they're sitting in wildcard spots. They somewhat control their own destiny. Uh, I'm looking here, though. Below them, obviously, Tampa Bay with 42 games. They played the most games right now, or tied for the most games in the in the division or in the the Eastern Conference at 42, and they have 45 points. Uh, Andre Vasilevsky's come back from that original offseason surgery. He has not been the same. Nikita Kucherov, though, is on fire. He's a yep. potential MVP candidate. But I think it's a team that's aging 
uh, out their co- their young players uh, are old or middle-aged, and a lot of that depth they had to trade away because they got too expensive. I just don't think they're the powerhouse that they were after those you know, three, three four-year runs. Uh, below them right there is the New Jersey Devils that have Dougie Hamilton's loss for the season. Uh, uh, Jack Hughes is going to be out for uh, four, six weeks, I believe it is. Um, uh, Timo Meyer's injured. They've had a lot of injuries some time. And their goaltending's been inconsistent. And they're still sitting at 44 points. Uh, they got 21 wins. I, I mean, they're still putting up goals. Again, another team that if they find a goaltender, they find some consistency, and they get healthy, I think they go on a run. Um, and then you have the Pittsburgh Penguins and Washington Capitals, right? All three of those teams are sitting at 44 points right now. Out of Philly, Detroit, Tampa Bay, New Jersey, Pittsburgh, and Washington, Jason, who are your two wildcard teams? <sighs> This is the big, this is the most difficult decision I've made all week. It is. It is. <laughs> uh, I am going to say of those four teams, it's New Jersey. And even though I said I wasn't locking them in, they're not a lock for me. But I think it's New Jersey and Tampa Bay. I like that. Uh, oh, oh, I again wouldn't surprise me at all. New Jersey is a very interesting team for me, and they're also on my list of teams that I think are going to make it. Um, this is really tough for me because I look at there's only by the way, out of Tampa Bay, New Jersey, Pittsburgh, Washington. Which of those teams that are sitting outside of a wild card right now have a positive goal differential? Yeah. Yeah. Only one, and it's the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yep. Um I'm gonna go with New Jersey and Pittsburgh. Oh, okay. Um, yep. I think New Jersey has all the talent there. It's a question of whether they can stay healthy and stay consistent. I think Pittsburgh has every reason to go all in, balls to the wall, every effort, last man standing, find a way to do it. If you don't do it this year, what's yeah. the point, right? Yep. Um, I And Kyle Dubas, first year GM there, um, he has a huge task at him. Obviously, they got Eric Carlson in the offseason. Um, they've been playing pretty decent hockey of late. I worry about how they catch up, right? Because again, yeah. if Philly and Detroit, any team, especially Philly right now, but if Philly and Detroit, if they just play 500 hockey the rest of the way, the Penguins got to win like two for every one they lose, right? They, they, they exactly. got to win two. Yep. So it's it's a difficult hole to dig out of. But Crosby's had a phenomenal season at his age. Malkin, also a great season in his age. Carlson has been up and down. The biggest problem with that team is their special teams. Their power play is, is garbage. So Why so Reinhardt is still there is beyond me. Fire Reardon, get rid of him. You bring in a child with a Crayola crayon, yeah, and you could draw agree, up yeah. better formations and better puck movement. It's yeah. awful. Um, yeah. That being said, those are my picks, New Jersey and Pittsburgh. Um, I'm Here's- not going to commit to an order because I honestly – I'm I not going to commit to an order there either. Yeah, my only thing that I'll say about Pittsburgh, I guess, is two things. One – if you, everything you read, and obviously I'm following it very closely because the Penguins are my beloved Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, we have to see what happens in the next couple of weeks with Gensel. Um, every that's a, week, that's a big point. Every yeah. week, it feels more and more like he's not going to be a Pittsburgh Penguin after the trade deadline. Well, now, and that's, that's the thing is if you're here's the thing if you're right sitting where you're sitting right now, and you're Kyle Dubas and you're Mike yeah. Sullivan, you're going to look and say, well. 
can we climb out of can we climb out of 44 point can we climb out of the 44 point you know five games above 500 oh, hellscape we're in and yeah. make it to a wild card yes can we do it without jake Ensel? Uh, no. probably not depending on what so. you're getting yeah. back uh, and the, what you're getting back isn't going to help you today so the answer is no so what do you need to do to get yourself to a point where trading Jake Gensel is now off the table and yeah. that is getting yourself within a legitimate point or two hopefully of even the divisional spot correct yeah. I don't know how feasible that is because yeah. if you look at this wild card race, especially after what happened last year, you control your own destiny and you lose the games you have to win and the Panthers sneak in because you lose and the Panthers go all the way to the cup. So yep. there's two lessons there. Number one, you have to control your own destiny. And right now Pittsburgh doesn't. And if I'm leadership there, I'm going to be telling my coaching, find a way to control your own destiny and I will give you what you want and need at the trade deadline. I agree. I this to, is a way to make me do it. This is one of the, not the last time, but is one of the last times that this core group is going to have to make a push for the playoffs. So you have Absolutely. to do everything you can to make it, regardless of what the next three years or four years look like. 100%. That being said, if you watch the Penguins play, it's pretty at times, but when it gets dirty, they can't compete. Let me take that back. That's a little strong. They, when it gets dirty, and what I mean by dirty is they get against a team that is controlling the puck. They get against a team that makes it difficult to blue line. They get against a team that um, puts a lot of pucks on net. The Penguins aren't a dump it and see what happens. Like they set up the pretty passes and the pretty good, and it's working. They have a plus 14 goal differential. They're one point, uh, two points out of a playoff spot, right? That being said, I don't know if I trust them down the stretch when it gets harder and the game intensities wrap up for them to do what needs to be done with them not controlling their own destiny. If they were already in that wild card spot and all they had to do was go 500, all they had to do was win, right, and not need a little bit of help, I think they make it. But outside looking in with the way that they play, the way they move the puck, and with how piss poor their power play is, yeah, I, uh, I, I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think they make it, but I hope to to your point that they do. It's gonna be, uh, it's gonna be quite an interesting, um, it's gonna be quite an interesting deadline for them, right? Um, yeah. I, I guess I'll say this: the other lesson of the end of last year, right, when they when they missed out of their own making is this. If you make it, anything can happen because the team that made it instead of you went to the Stanley cup Cup final, right? So I think you're looking at a team that is going to have a very big decision coming up with Jake Gensel, or do they want to trade to add, right? Who do you trade away to add? So it's going to be really, really interesting. I'm really excited to see it. I also just uh, the Metro is such a get story. Yeah, the, the Rangers Every are fifty four points. It's crazy. The, uh, the the parody, the fun battles there are great. Um, it's going to be really really interesting to see how all of that goes. Um, obviously, other than the Blue Jackets, Blue Jackets are trash. Uh, yep. But uh, I will say one thing also about the Capitals. If you had to tell me. What are the two old timey teams I'm going to bet on? It's the Penguins. I I don't yeah, trust the Capitals. Um, Ovechkin isn't himself this year. 
I think that the the Penguins are significantly top heavy, but their top is significantly better. Like, yep, agreed. Yep, I did Carlson, Latang, Malkin, Cross, Gensel, Rust. Uh, those are good players. They're quality players. Give me six guys I'm watching to compare, and you can't fucking do it. So, yep. uh, I, yeah. Uh, ultimately, well, though, it's uh, it's uh, going to be fun. We have a lot to look forward to. Yep. Well, that being said, um, it's been a good one. Next week, Joe, let's, uh, you know, I think we can figure out a way to make a playoff bracket work, even though we're not agreeing on teams. So let's, uh, oh, yeah. been fun. Good talking playoffs and we'll, we'll do it again next week. Awesome. Thanks everyone. You, uh, Jason, uh, go get, uh, go get, go get pucked. Yep. Uh, puck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck Tom Wilson. Bye. <laughs> Fuck Matt Cook. He's not even in the league anymore. Fuck him though. No, actually, fuck Jeff Carter. Only player uh, talked uh, about. Before. Only player I fucking truly hate. I hate Jeff Carter. Fuck Jeff Carter.